We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello everyone and welcome to the Miami Race Recap for Formula S. Yes, WW Show's Formula One podcast. It's me, AJ. I got Mike with me, as always. This um, is true. We are we are down here in lovely Miami Beach, Florida. No, Wait, no, we're, we we're are not, not in Miami Beach, Florida. That's a good thing because I was yeah. seeing uh, prices for everything just ridiculous. I mean, like the cheapest tickets that we saw on StubHub like a month before the race were seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but I remember we looked it up like as a joke and we we're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like it was not even like a it was even like a oh that'd be a funny oh, like, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. Um Airman Bs were going for like ten times what they normally would. Which is funny because like I understand like F1 is a big deal, but like in America I did I don't know if I expected that price gouge. Well, America's the home of the price gouge, right? So like of course stuff is gonna be you know, that's going to happen because there's there's 350 million people that live in the U.S., right? Like, mm-hmm. if 10% are F1 fans, that's 35 million people. If 1% are F1 fans, that's 3 million people. Like, also, you put it in Miami, which is a party town anyway. And Miami also fucking an expensive town also. Yeah. But, so, like, some of the stuff that was done was pretty cool. Like, you know, all the reports that I'm seeing are, it was basically, like, Super Bowl week down there. Like, in terms of the the number of fan activations and the things that were going on and and all that. Like, they turned it into a real party. Which, I mean, like, if you think about it, nobody does sports better than the Americans. This the fucking, I don't know, the fucking British when we pissed on this, the Germans. But it's fucking true, goddammit. It's fucking true. We party I mean, every fucking year. You party every four with your fucking sports over there. Those well, those footballs. Well, so think about it, right? Like, smaller balls, I don't know. The the crickets, the cro- crochets. Fucking you do it on that. We are Americans, goddammit. Continue. Speaking of Americans. Um... Well, you think about it, right? Like, okay, so if you're a soccer fan, right? Like, there's so many events, right? There could there's games during the week, there's games during the weekend, like. So it's tough to. It's it's a lot like baseball, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Hockey, yeah, it's a hockey and basketball. It's really only football in America that we do one day a week. I don't know, man. <clears throat> oh, in terms of the weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah like football is really the only American sport football, that I think that's a big one. Uh, but, but like, but like, because like, because like, like again, baseball, basketball, and hockey are all like wins a game. I don't fucking know. It could be new, right now. It could be two in the afternoon at Wrigley Field, apparently. Yeah, but that's the fun part about those sports is, you know, their atmosphere is very much a. When's the game? Ooh, there's one tonight. Let's go see it. Sort of situation. And we do that well, as well as doing events, right? I mean, like, think about it. It takes all of Europe to put on Eurovision. Right? Like, for that to be as big as it is. And in fact, they've gone outside of Europe. They've got Israel and some other that aren't in Europe that compete in Eurovision. Shit, dude, Eurovision is, like, ultra down in Miami. That's one festival that we have. You know, there's ultra, there's EDC, there's Burning Man, there's Coachella. Like, Americans just do events bigger. Mm Mm-hmm. And better. Um, But I digress. No, no, no. We are always here to attack the Europeans. We've done it. We've done it once. We've done it twice. God damn it. We'll do it again. Oh, we've done it more than that. We've really done it. There, there are two times done it. It was considered a world event. So I figured that's the, the moment. Uh, I can think of four different events where the uh, United States directly uh, interacted with Europe in a time. And Since- on the mainland? Uh, well, we had the World Wars, so I'd say one and two. Wars, we had the Independence War, and we had the War 1812. Fuck, I guess, because they were technically European. But those are European. I meant, like, on Europe proper. Like, we're not going to fucking invade Canada yeah, again mean, to make a point here. I mean, the UK had to call in a favor from the US to help save their asses, so. Sure, I guess we could invade Canada again. That'd be good. What do we get if we invade Canada? Just uh, a lot shit, probably. Damn, well, okay. Well, Maybe. Uh, that, we we could use that right now. Yeah, I I but say Michigan gas prices look just about as scary as Illinois gas prices. So it was four forty. <laughs> it's like four sixty by my house. So use a little better. But anyway, uh, so hopping straight into qualifying because kind of a lot of the stuff that happened before qualifying through the practice sessions and stuff like that. Really, not a lot. Um. Excuse me, uh, Ocon crashed out in FP3 at turn 14, which is why he didn't run in qualifying. But, um, like, it's always watching practice and trying to commentate on practice is tough when they're coming to a new venue. And not only is this a new venue, this is a new track. Like, have they ever raced? So they've never raced on this track? No, this was, this is brand new. So, like some sometimes they'll go to a venue that's you know like uh when they went to Portimao in 2020 Portugal like some of the drivers on the grid had driven there before but also it's a racetrack mm-hmm. so like it gets used this was the first event on this track so you know it was it was a very green track, as they would say. Like, there, was, there wasn't there was a lot of rubber on it. So, you know, the, the first couple practice sessions were just basically learning the track and trying to get some rubber in and get in the line. 
around the track so that you know you could actually go fast. Um, but I want to highlight something that we uh, saw in Q1. Guan Yu Zhou, uh, the Chinese driver for Alfa Romeo, had a run-in where like there were some cars on either cooldowns or um, getting ready for a flying lap, and he was on a flying lap and had to dodge cars. Like, if you watch his onboard, there's cars that are slowing down in the middle of the track, and he is hauling ass up towards them. For whatever reason... This happens way more than it should. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say it's a solid probably five times a year where we see stuff like this happen. Yeah, which should be, like, maybe once. Yeah. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me because, like, teams know exactly where another car is. Mm-hmm. You know, they can see it on their map. They can see the telemetry and stuff like that. So why is it that there are cars slowing down on the racing line? Like, tell your guy to get the hell over, because there's a flying lap coming through. You know, it it just, it annoys the hell out of me. Um, not a lot happened. Usual suspects were, were out in Q1 and Q2. Um, I guess the biggest surprise was, uh, Daniel Ricciardo missed out on Q3. He was 14th in Q2. Um, whereas, uh, Norris made it through. So there's kind of a weird, like, okay, was it the driver? You know, cause McLaren doesn't really run like an A and a B car. Right, like mm-hmm. their cars are pretty much both A cars. So, why was there such a gap? Uh, granted, it was like three tenths of a second, so not that long when you think about it, but also very long when you think about it in turn one. Um, but also missing out on Q three was uh, George Russell. His car was doing the bouncy bouncies. The bouncy bouncy. And in fact, it was so bad that he. <laughs> He called it out over the radio. He's like, this is crazy. You know, this car's, this car's porpoising way too much. Um, but the initial pulse sitter for the Crypto.com <laughs> Miami Grand Prix. Wait, was it really the Crypto.com Miami Grand Prix? Yeah. That's that's pretty good. No I one looked at your crypto wallets in last week. Crypto.com. I forget if it was called the Microprey or if it was. Yeah, no one looked at your crypto wallets in the past week. Uh, the whole Bitcoin ticket crash crash. Let's see. It was officially called the Formula One Crypto.com Miami Grand Prix. The only way to make it better would be like brought to you by Elon Musk's Dogecoin. Like that's the only way to make it more. Well, so let me see if I can find it. There was an image of the um, track sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, track sponsors. Where, let's see. Um, it was like 
Gainbridge and AutoNation <laughs> and like uh like companies that have no interaction with F1 at all. Mhm. Um, is it just because it's an American race, so they're going to be a little weirder with their sponsors? Well, so, I mean, they, they do it all the time in other races. You just don't really see it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, we're not really thinking about it, but it's like, you know, the uh, the banners on the side of the track. Mm-hmm. I've got sponsors on it and stuff like that uh not sponsorship sponsor but yeah i mean it was just it was hilarious there was crypto.com there was aramco there was autonation gainbridge um so the weird thing is and actually we'll touch on it now because before we get into the race they announced um, the cover for the uh, F1 video game. Okay. And so they have two different versions. They have the champions championship version and then, like, the regular version. Rising Stars, I think is what they call it. So the championship version, the cover of that is um, Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso. So the three... I think Verstappen might be on there too. It's the champions that are on the grid. Um, let's make sure. One, two, zero, two, two. Inches. Uh, nope. I need a space there, guys. Thank you. The fuck? Why is it not coming up? I want the official mods. Anyway, so it was 21. Why am I seeing covers for 21? Somebody needs to work on their goddamn SEO. Finally. Media referee is where I had to find this. (laughs) Um, That in VR, too? It should. Yeah, just I have a story called VR uh, F1 2022 adding VR. Yeah, it'll probably just be a uh, a camera I, option. So. I I will. So I would get nauseous. I couldn't. It's tough. It's really weird. Um, so I yeah, can't do got, racing games in VR. That's like got, my line. Uh, Verstappen, Hamilton, Vettel, and Alonso. So the four current champions that are on the grid, and then they've got the standard edition. They were calling like the Rising Stars edition, which has got Leclerc, Norris, and Russell on it. So they showcase obviously the track um, on the Formula One YouTube channel using the game. Hmm. Well, apparently, in the game, the track sponsor is Zoom, and that's it. Like, everything just says Zoom, which I think they did that because in 21, like, a bunch of the tracks were sponsored by Zoom. Sections of them were. So I think they just used that as, like, a a stand-in because, you know, that stuff's going to change, you know, 
potentially up until the week of, right? Like, so it's kind of tough to, uh, to sit there and go, okay, you know, it's, it's similar to like the, uh, any sports game, like, you know, right? Like, uh, the famous one was what Madden was it where, uh, Brett Favre was on the cover Mm -hmm. and he changed teams. Right. After they had announced, like... Was that when he went from Green Bay to Vikings? No, that was when he went from, I think, the Vikings to the Jets. Oh, so the tail end of his career. Yeah. So... (laughs) How was he cover champ? (laughs) Okay, but okay. So they, like, EA was like, okay, hey, here's a, a section on the website to print out your own new cover or whatever. So, you know, okay, that's... That's simple to do, and then obviously you can change him through a roster update. But like trackside sponsorship, that stuff is that's tough to like. Can you not just patch it in and out? In theory, you could. Like it should just be a file. Like or but, worst case, but that, think about that it, it, right? Like if the track sponsorship changes changes every year, mm-hmm. you then have to have. Several people who are dedicated to keeping up the track sponsorships. So, I'm a salesperson, yes. And then my in my world, how I think of this is, you have a salesperson, and once that country gets sold, basically, there has to become a lead time. And to me, that's the problem. Is It's like, you'd think, like, boom, we have a sale since these games are only valid so long. Run. But, like, realistically, it probably takes a month or so to probably develop this, like just this in the pipeline. Yeah. Well, cause then you got to make sure, okay, it looks right in every track it, and well, it looks right here or on this know, TV. <laughs> um, like now they offer the ability to change the time of day. So now it's okay. Do we, you know, is the color right so that it looks the same throughout the day? There's, there's all these different questions that would have to go into, you know, keeping up the, uh, the logos on the side of the track. So they just go, you know what, fuck it. Like a Ramco, Pirelli, Rolex, like they, they're very simple games, which I don't mind. I just thought it was hilarious seeing that. This is weird. Um, I'm surprised I haven't been able to get more. Cause like, I really doubt that sponsorship, like, because they can make those rates as reasonable as they want. So I'm just surprised. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we get into the race. Um, the Aston Martins had to start from the pit lane. I didn't have this on here, but um, they had to pull the fuel out of the car, check it, and then put the fuel back in the car. And they missed out um, for the formation lap. That could be for a number of reasons. There could have been, they could have had bad fuel. You know, they could have had a sensor that tripped something weird. So, tons of different things. And these cars don't have refueling, like an Indy car or a NASCAR or things like that. So you couldn't just burn off whatever you had and then come get fresh fuel. You would have had to have, it's in like a bag. Um... That's in the car. 
because then they'll weigh it. So they'll weigh the fuel because you can only have, I think it's 105 kilos an hour burn rate um, that you can use. So, but, uh, so the Aston Martins had to start from the pit lane. Not much happened. I mean, there was always some wheel to wheel stuff, but uh, Verstappen takes the lead from Leclerc on lap nine, the start of lap nine, going into turn one with a perfectly executed just lunge down the inside. And we'll get to this in a little bit. Um, but these moves take so much skill. Really? Well, yeah, because think about it, right? So these cars don't have ABS. They don't have, you know, stability control or anything like that. So if you push your braking point 10 meters too far, mm-hmm. suddenly you're locking the tires. You're probably going deep, potentially running into the guy you're trying to take the position from. So these these lunge moves are very difficult to pull off because you need to brake at the exact spot that you need to. You know, there's... There's really not much leeway. There's maybe a meter or two, right? If you start breaking too early, the guy's going to pull away. Um, if you break too late, you're going to lock up, potentially hit him. So it, it takes a lot of, you know, feel in your foot to feel on the brake pedal, right? Is the Are the tires starting to lock up? If they are, you got to just know how much pressure you can pull off without getting too far off the brakes. So it just showcases like how good of a driver he is. Uh, Later on in the race, Norris and Gasly kind of get together. And this is really weird because so Gasly goes wide, slows down and rejoins like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And Norris just kind of it's like a wrong place, wrong time situation. Um and I think they would have been fine, but somehow Gasly hit like Norris's wheel cover on his rear right wheel. Huh. And if you watch the video, the cover pops off and then dives immediately into the tire and blows the tire off the rim. So that's why Norris crash. I fully believe, like, if that wheel cover stayed on, he may have gotten squirrely, but he would have been able been to fine. continue. So that that obviously caused a uh, safety car. Um, after the resumption of the race, the perfect example, Perez tries to go deep on uh, signs and just locks him up and goes... Skidding straight on while uh, signs just goes a little left and then cuts underneath as as uh, Perez slides by. So like that's a situation where he probably missed his mark by five meters, the length of the car, pretty much. Um, if that like he barely missed in the grand scheme of things, five meters was nothing, but. Because he missed his mark, you know, he he lost out on his position. He lost out on a podium position because, you know, he hit the brake pedal a hundredth of a second too late. 
Sheesh. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, the other thing that was crazy was uh, Vettel and Schumacher got into it, which is weird because, like, Vettel is kind of mixed, not father figure, but, like, his mentor right now, because, obviously, uh, you're an F1 fan, Michael Schumacher, that name should sound familiar. He was kind of Vettel's mentor um, as Vettel was coming up through the ranks. And so now with with Michael in his uh, vegetative state, um, Sebastian has kind of taken that role of mentor for Mick. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, he did in the moment, like, Mick's like, that was my turn. You know, what was he doing? Vettel's like, what car was that? Like, I need to go talk to him. Mm-hmm. After the race, like, it comes out that, you know, they had a discussion. Who was in the right, who was in the wrong. Vettel kind of took responsibility for it. And then that was it. Like, you know, he didn't let it kind of linger too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but race wraps up too long after that. Verstappen wins from Leclerc and signs. Verstappen continues his records or checkers. Um, and they reference it. Uh, if you watch the, uh, the highlight, as he goes across the finish line, they're like, Verstappen continuing his uh, streak of if he finishes, he wins. Like, <laughs> that's the nicest way of saying records or checkers that I've ever heard. Um, Mercedes kind of pulled their shit together because Russell finished in fifth, Hamilton in sixth. And I don't think they deserve those positions. Really? Like their car just was not that good. Like, obviously, Hamilton could probably drive a brick to a podium position if he needed to. I don't think this Mercedes is very good. In fact, I said it um, over the weekend. I was talking to my brother. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton doesn't win this year. Hmm. Like, you know, the Red Bull and the Ferrari just seem to have figured it out. And so Mercedes was just already on the back foot. So now they need to catch up to where Ferrari and Red Bull are now. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? By the time that happens, Ferrari and Red Bull are already two months ahead. Right. So then they'll be so far behind. Yeah. So, you know, Mercedes is going to be... Even points-wise would be their problem, too. Not even just development. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Like, Hamilton's pretty much already written this season off. Yeah. For him, so I don't think he really cares. Obviously, he wants the best result for the team. But, I mean, okay, so let's pull up... You know, if we look at constructor standings... Um, standings, constructor... We're currently looking at Ferrari having a six-point lead over Red Bull at 157 to 151. Mercedes is in third with 95. And then McLaren's in fourth with 46. Mm-hmm. So, like, as long as Mercedes continues double points finishes in the mid-pack of the points, you know, like 5-6, five, 5-7, six, five, six, five, you know, getting points at least. They have and a shot. McLaren doesn't decide to go out and win a race 
He'll be fine. <laughs> That's such a good line. They don't decide to go in a race. Yeah. I think the surprise right now is Haas has 15 points. AlphaTauri has 16. So, I mean, that's a race, right? Like, one of the drivers doesn't finish in the points, and Haas has two drivers finishing the points. Well, now they overtake AlphaTauri, and then Alpine's only at 26. So if both Alpines have issues, you could see Haas, in theory, jump all the way up to fifth, honestly, because Alfa Romeo's at 31. So, like, if Alpha, Alpine, and Alpha Tauri have down weekends, that's six cars, right? So, if the Haas can put both of theirs in the points and get, you know, maybe, like, a sixth or a fifth or something, and then the other car finishes ninth or tenth, you could see them skyrocket up the charts, and... It wouldn't surprise me if Haas finishes like fifth to seventh come end of the year. Just because I feel like the the drivers that they have now with Kevin and Mick are obviously better than Mick and Nikita, but also they spent the entire year last year developing this car more or less. So their car was already kind of ahead of schedule compared to everyone else. But, you know, they don't, they obviously don't have the budget that anyone else does. You know, like Haas and Williams are kind of operating in the same budgetary area. And Williams has three points compared to Haas's 15. So, you know, there's something going on. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they do really well this year. Um, Looking at the schedule, we have got a little bit of a break. Then we've got Spain and Monaco. We have a break, and then Azerbaijan. And then Canada. Um, I get to make fun of Canada again. I'm going to do that one. No, because that race is awesome. I loved that race when I was there in 2019. But they're they're Canadian. They're they're so easy to make fun of. They're Quebecois. So they're French, basically. Yeah, so this season continues to... uh... Don't say impress. I was going (laughs) to say, well, compared to last year... Sure, but last year was kind of that whole... Like, last year there was some craziness, so that was fun. But it was like, okay, this is getting kind of ridiculous, right? Like, it's Verstappen or Hamilton getting pulled every week. And Ferrari was nowhere to be seen. You know, we've had one, two, three, four manufacturers already on the podium. Compared to if we go to 21, let's see, standings. Goodness gracious, I do not want 1950. I want 2021, <laughs> please. Please and thank you. You're welcome. 21, 
races. So we had Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes, Mercedes, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, Mercedes, Alpine, Red Bull, Red Bull, McLaren, Mercedes, Mercedes, Red Bull, Red Bull, Mercedes, 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 Red Bull. Already so far, we've had Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull, Red Bull. But also look at look at the podium for Bahrain. It was Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Amelia Romagna, Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren. So, okay, we're at three. Portugal, we had Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes. We're still at three. Spain, Mercedes, Red Bull, Mercedes. Still at three. Monaco, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren. So we finally got... It took until Monaco to get our fourth instructor on the podium. Mm-hmm. And so we're already, you know, a race or two ahead of schedule. From that, yeah. From that standpoint. You know, Alpha Tower got a podium in Azerbaijan, so that's five. France, we didn't add any. Styria, we didn't add any. Austria, we didn't add any. Great Britain, we didn't add any. Hungary, Alpine won, so there's six. And Aston Martin was on the podium there, so that's seven. Belgium. We had Williams, which that was that weird rained out race. Right. Um, so that's eight. Netherlands, we didn't add any. Italy, we didn't add any. Russia, we didn't add any. Turkey, we didn't add any. U.S., we didn't Mexico, nobody. Brazil, nobody. Qatar. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Nobody. Nobody. So we had eight constructors. We had eight of the ten on the podium. Yeah, that's fair. Through 22 races. And we are one, two, three, five races in, and we already have four. So we're so, getting somewhere. You know, do I think all, you know, will I, do I think eight constructors will be on the podium this year, potentially? Because we've got some crazy races coming up. Like, Azerbaijan is always a crapshoot. Um, you know, weather can obviously play a factor like it did in um, Belgium last year. Um, you know, we don't have any new tracks. This was the last of the new ones this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Spain, I mean, obviously, Haas did very well in testing, in off-season testing, so... We could stand out there. Um, you know, it's the one that's going to be interesting to watch is uh, the U.S. race later in the year at Coda, because that is known as being a rough track. So, if um, you know, if McLaren hasn't figured out their porpoising issues. We could see some some players uh, in that race, but other than that, we don't really have anything going on. Obviously, you can catch us every Wednesday streaming games. Um, yep, I think we're still doing some got, indie stuff. Yeah, we've got SWW shows, we've got interviews, we've got movie clubs. We've got yeah, remember go watch go watch your top. Gun Maverick when it comes out at the end of the month. So we can all uh, 
How long so, do we think? Do we know the viral scenes in that film? How long yeah. do we think it is? No, it's a football scene. A football. See, that's because it's in the new trailer. So uh, it was sports. That's what it was. I'm like, I know there's a sports yeah. scene. Like that was the whole like there is a sports scene in the new yeah. one. So, do you think Quentin Tarantino reprises his um, role? What movie was that? Where he. Uh, Tarantino. Uh, Top Gun. Sleep With Me. Do you think he reprises his uh, Top Gun rant? No, I don't. Sleep With Me after Maverick comes out. No. Okay. See, I agree with you. I think it would be hilarious if he did, but I don't think he will. That would be like some dumb SNL skip, but no one knows because no one watches SNL. Yeah. Or wouldn't it be the OBS now, like, making fun of the idea of it? Like, that's what it's going to be. Like, it's not going to be... You get anything, it's going to be dumb. Because, obviously, Tarantino doesn't do any acting roles anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's done movies. Is he done? He's done one more. He's effectively done. I mean, <laughs> he's not going to write in a Top Gun joke to whatever his new movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I just don't see. He's not going to do SNL, mm-hmm. right? So he's not going to reprise that role for that rant. Right, and that'd be the only way I could see it'd be like one of those type of moments. Like that'd yeah. be the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be a SNL attempt and a failure. Oh, one hundred percent. I, I, I don't have confidence in SNL. I haven't had confidence in them in years. But yeah. They at least keep getting good musical guests. Sure, but that that's I think that's it. Yeah. Like the odds they have a funny they have very few funny jokes. Yeah. But uh anyway. See you guys in the next episode. Vroom vroom. The SW show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcast by me, Mike Maroney. And AJ Losey, by sometimes by contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to patreon.com/slash SWW to help us out. Thank you. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.